G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, something of an adventure story to tell. It's the story of the ginger vicar and the balding bishop from Europe. And there's an extra dimension about the growth of surf churches in Europe. Now, for people in Europe, one of the great bucket list adventures identified by people is to walk what is known as the Camino de Santiago, known as Europe's great historical and cultural trail. The French Way leads to the historical and spiritual city of Santiago de Compostela, an inspirational pilgrimage through traditional and modern France, Spain and Portugal, to the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela in Galicia in northwestern Spain. Now, it spans almost 800 kilometres across rural Spain and offers an enormous variety of landscapes, terrain and culture. Well, we're going to talk about an interesting story around this journey. Richard Ellerington, known as the Ginger Vicar, is the first pilgrim ever to walk the Camino with a surfboard strapped to his back, all 800 kilometres. And Richard Ellerington is joining us. Hello, Richard. Welcome along to 2020. Well, it's great to be here this morning. Uh, uh, yes, just on that, 850 kilometres uh, was definitely a challenge in Asia. Richard, it's apparently not a particularly strenuous exercise overall to do this 800 kilometres, but uh, you do need some physical and mental stamina to complete what you've done. Well, pain is a strange thing. You forget about it very quickly. Um, <laughs> and I would say to anybody right now, anybody can achieve it. But at the end of every day of walking while on the Camino, it definitely felt strenuous to me. Um, you would average probably around about 25 to 30K, uh, lots of blisters, um, lots of shin splint pain, uh, back pain. Um, but yes, it, it, it is achievable, I think, for most people. Uh, but it definitely felt strenuous as I was walking. And carrying a surfboard on your back too. I mean, this sounds a little bit uh, crazy to some. Uh, give us some insight here into why you were carrying a surfboard on your back while doing a pilgrimage like the Camino. Well, uh, I've had the privilege of running a, a church in a little town called Hospital, which is the epicenter of the surf world in Europe. Uh, a church called Surf Church, which is a... Uh, this local church for the surfers and beach community that actually was set up by um, some Australian missionaries uh, from the Sunshine Coast called Christopher Mel Parenti that came out uh, um, probably around about 10 years ago and began this little community. And then my wife and I and family kind of took it over and started to develop our church. So surfing and reaching the local community is something that was very much a passion. And at three in the morning, um, uh, seven days before I left for the Camino, 
had this amazing idea. Why don't I walk and pray for all the surfers around the world and all the, the new surf churches that are kind of developing? And I'll do that by carrying a surfboard to remind me to pray every single day. In like a great idea at the time. Um, two days into the walk, I was thinking this is definitely a crazy, uh, <laughs> a, a, a crazy undertaking. You chose a large surfboard. I mean, you can uh, you can have a plank, uh, or you can get something a little lighter. I imagine you chose a fairly light one. I went for the smallest, lightest surfboard I could possibly get away with. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I walked around, and uh, all of my friends' boards I was trying out which was the lightest I could find. Uh, so that was definitely a, a requirement. The lighter, the better. Hey, Richard, wonderful connection there that it was some Aussies who started up that surf church movement, and you've picked that up in a significant way. Uh, interestingly, you're coming from a Pentecostal Christian background, uh, but it sounds a little, sounds very Catholic, doesn't it, to, to be on the trail to the legendary city of Santiago, and the reason why most people go there is to see or be a part of being in the place where the bones of St. James are there in the magnificent cathedral's crypt in Santiago. Uh, Is that still something that you sort of look forward to as a, you know, as the culmination of the journey? I had one. Truthfully, I had seven days of preparation uh, for the Camino. So I haven't gone into an incredible amount of research and detail as to the historical uh, uh, significance of the walk. Other than to just to really talk with the local priest in our town who told me about it and had mentioned it's a phenomenal adventure, a real moment of encounters. You walk through the countryside and connect to one of these churches. The um, uh, But it, it really is a place where people are coming from all sorts of different walks of life, uh, some of them religious, Many of the people walking the Camino are not coming from a religious uh, perspective at all. They're just, oh, this will be a, a, a great adventure, a great challenge. But it, it, it always ends up being a spiritual encounter. Uh, and the Catholic community can do an amazing job of sharing the gospel uh, right along this 800-mile uh, trek. It's just incredible uh, 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 what a, a spiritual um, uh, impact this has upon everybody as we walk together. It's fantastic. Uh, it's a very Catholic thing to do uh, to keep relics, uh, but relics themselves, they also yeah. are surrounded by amazing history. So uh, people beyond uh, yeah. being Catholic by denomination can certainly uh, enjoy the history of being in a place like that. Look, you're known as the Ginger Vicar, but you've got a mate who was doing some of the walk with you, known as the Balding Bishop. Uh, give us some insights into your friend. Well, yes. Um, I mean, every self-respecting uh, 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 vicar <laughs> has a YouTube channel. So uh, my, myself and my good friend, who's a church leader in the uh, the UK, uh, uh, we started a, uh, a basically an adventure YouTube channel to try and communicate our passion for life and our passion for faith to all of our friends. And uh, when we're looking at um, lots of uh, videos out there, uh, we're just thinking, okay, I'm not sure that that our friends who are passionate about surfing and extreme sports would connect with those things uh, from a Christian perspective. Um, so we wanted to put something out there into the, uh, the World Wide Web um, that was high entertaining and full of craziness, kind of was a reflection of our eccentricities. 
um, but also had a, a clear gospel message running through uh, these adventures. So a couple of years ago, we embarked upon uh, uh, filming the stuff that we do normally, really, which is um, uh, some of the things we've done is uh, trying to surf with orcas in Norway, um, uh, joining the circus in Panama, um, uh, climbing out of a plane at 7,000 feet uh, in California, and wing walking and then doing acrobatics while being strapped to the side of the plane. All the sort of things that a, a, a church pastor gets up to in their spare time. Well, you've got to have a streak of craziness to do some of those things, but those things do attract attention. And uh, as you say, uh, every self-respecting vicar might want to have a YouTube channel and uh, no doubt you've got a lot of followers. Do you know what sort of people are following you on YouTube? So... Um uh, we started the project, as I said, just two years ago. So it began uh, on Facebook with just our group of friends testing the, the, the show. Uh, and we had about 200,000 people engaged uh, with uh, those few videos. Um, we then just launched probably about six months ago uh, onto YouTube. And we've had about 30,000, 40,000 people uh, join and engage with those videos since we started. And about 1,000 people, just under 1,000 people have subscribed. And what's wonderful is... Um, Actually, uh, the BBC over here in England have seen the videos, and, uh, and they're going to be doing some filming with us uh, as the Ginger Vicar and Bolden Bishop in the coming weeks as part of one of their uh, new uh, uh, religious broadcasting programs in the, in the coming year, which we're very excited about. Well, sounds like you're headed for global superstardom, actually. <laughs> Look, I am fascinated, and I know that listeners to our conversation will be fascinated by the idea that Europeans are excited about surf churches. Are these surf churches typically ones that are, are starting up along the coast, or are they starting all over the place? Is, it, is the surfing image something that people in Europe are really catching on to? Very much so. Uh, surfing has exploded uh, in Europe over the last uh, 20 years. It's been, it's been a, a, a massive uh, 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 explosion here. So right across all mainstream media, surfing is being used to sell products. It's uh, constantly on television. So it really has ingrained itself in popular culture. Um, but of course, in the, from a Christian perspective, um, Christian Surfers, which was uh, founded uh, in Australia, has uh, now established itself in 38 nations around the world and has a massive presence uh, both uh, here in the UK, in France, and right across uh, Europe. So I've been working very closely with Christian surfers for a number of years, um, and the surf church kind of movement has developed alongside Christian surfers. And, uh, and yes, there's probably, since we started uh, 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 our work in France uh, around about eight years ago, there's probably around about uh, eight or nine churches that have uh, kind of developed around the uh, around Europe, and probably around about 25 churches that have been planted globally. Um, and it definitely seems like there is something very exciting happening amongst those coastal communities around the world. But I don't think it stops just there, because now we've got these wave tanks, these wave pools, uh, and I think there's going to be a whole bunch of urban surf churches coming uh, down the road is surfers who were kind of uh, locked into cities now congregate around these, these wave pools, which I think is really exciting. 
Wow, urban surf churches around wave pools and uh, as you say, Christian surfers in 38 nations around the world and of course uh, what you're involved in there with surf churches uh, springing up everywhere, very, very exciting. Hey, you've carried your surfboard on the Camino, it takes about 40 days, 800 kilometres, but you've got another initiative coming soon uh, you're about to tackle the Pyrenees mountains of France and uh, walk into the countryside of northern Spain uh, give us uh, an impression what you're planning to do with that one uh, well again this this this, this whole, the impact of being in a, being in the, the mountains or the farmlands uh, with a surfboard that doesn't belong <laughs> uh, is quite dramatic so um, it causes a, a point of conversation with everybody you meet. And very quickly on the Camino, with, uh, as I was walking along that journey, uh, uh, everybody uh, was asking why, what are you doing with this board? And then it became known along the route, oh, you're the guy with the circle, we've been expecting you, we've been hearing about you. So it kind of feels like I've locked into something um, uh, that is connecting with people and gives me the opportunity to share all about Jesus is, the difference is made in my life, uh, what's happening with surf churches around the world. So I'm just enjoying that, doing more walking and surfing right now, which is a very strange thing for a surfer to be chasing. Well, Richard, no doubt you'd love to connect with some Australians who are surfing enthusiasts and uh, perhaps they've had connection with Christian surfers and they want to connect with you in what you're doing with the surf churches. Uh, as I understand it, the best way is to connect on Facebook and also on this YouTube channel that you've got. Now, the Ginger Vicar and the Balding Bishop. So if you do a search on YouTube, you'll find your channel easily and then be able to get involved with the adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, uh, the Ginger Vicar Balding Bishop is very easy to find. Uh, surf Church, if you just Google Surf Church, there's a bunch of surf churches that have uh, kind of springing up in Australia. And I'm actually going to be there with my family uh, later this year in, uh, in May, June time visit those surf churches and also to connect with all of Christian surfer friends across Australia. So, uh, 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 yeah, I think just Googling surf church um, uh, is a very easy way to find out what's happening uh, in Australia locally and all, all around the world. There's a, there's a very exciting thing taking place. Okay, well, Richard Ellerington, the Ginger Vicar, uh, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and uh, I know that there'll be listeners who'll follow you through on Facebook and on that YouTube channel. Uh, thanks for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Great, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 